Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host tonight. And with me as always is my faithful underling, Tony Kerr. No, I wouldn't say always. Occasionally. Well, mostly actually. Well, yeah, always. Have we ever? Well, <laughs> yeah, almost always. Especially kicked me out. <laughs> What's happening? We're at your place again, Tony. We are. Yeah, the World Cup is. We're kind of homebound, I guess. <laughs> we're World Cup bound. Yeah. Not snowed in. We're World Cupped in. When the World Cup's on, you just can't afford to be doing. Like, you can't afford to drive twenty minutes down the road. Exactly. Just yeah. this way, yeah, it's valuable we're time. Twenty that you minutes could be in one doing... direction, twenty minutes in the other direction. When you add on the length of the podcast, we're eating into. Game number two tonight. And that's time where you yeah, you need to be doing errands to make up for all the errands that you haven't done. <laughs> and other things like that. It's time where I need to be... Sure, so I mean, that, your driveway not, is not going to pressure wash itself, is it? <laughs> exactly. So. Well, I'll probably save that for the start of the Germany game tonight. Yeah, today. yeah. exactly. Yeah. How's it going anyway this week, Tane? It's well. It's well. It's well? It's well. You played cricket yesterday. I did, second time this season. I'm kind of now just a, a kind of pro-am... I'm a cricketer, really. You know, they just ship me off to to wheel me out. And I, yeah, I was playing in a charity match for the uh, Lord's Taverners alongside. Well, I was probably the most famous person <laughs> on the pitch. It was like a celebrity charity match, wasn't yeah. it? This is in. Uh, it was on Herm, the island, the tropical paradise of Herm, which is just yeah, a couple of miles from Guernsey. Which, as regular listeners know, is is where where we live. Of course, where we record the show. When I can find a picture that's good, I'll uh, we'll post it. Because it is, it's got to be one of the most amazing places to play cricket. Shame you weren't there. In the world. In the world. On planet Earth. Because uh, Herm, to begin with, is a very beautiful island. Uh, then you kind of climb to the top of it, and there's a field overlooking gorgeous beach and kind of rocks out to sea and stuff. Uh, perfect grass cows just right next to the field. It's, yeah. it's fairly, you know, and they put up a nice marquee and a little white picket members enclosure. Uh, yeah, pretty spectacular. It's funny that the, the list of people that you played with included some quite obscure names. Some very obscure names. I was a bit gutted actually that I didn't make that. I didn't have like a little pen picture on. It was like a kind of at everyone's seat, you know, at the table. There's just a little description, a bio of all the player, you know, the people. It was mostly like EastEnders characters. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you said cri- to me. I was like, I think I texted you at one point last week, and I was like. Uh, what are you up to on Sunday, mate? Do you want to come to the beach? And you're like, can't, mate. Got to go to Herm to play a charity cricket match with Bobby Davro and Ian Beale. Neither of whom made it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Would have been two of the bigger men. Uh, was... So if Bobby Davro and Ian Beale on there, surely you, as one of the World Cricket Show hosts, is more famous than anyone else. Arguably, arguably, we should both play it next summer and be listed as celebrities, as celebrities in our own right, I think. Uh, no, who do we have from, from the world of EastEnders? Minty, uh, 
Billy. Billy. Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell Pezza, is in uh, everything. Perry Fenwick, yeah. Ricky, our dog. So are they, was it just everyone from EastEnders? Were they all from Most EastEnders? Most EastEnders. Lorraine Chase, I'm not quite sure what she's from. I did look her up. She's from a Campari advert in the, <laughs> in the 70s or something. Uh, but she was lovely. She was on my team. Did you have some banter with Lorraine Chase? Some good banter, yeah. Because actually, uh, also, when, people, when they found out the work that I was doing, I had to do a little report from there. Uh, and I was like, well, I'll definitely do it. Uh, I'll get it out of the way early, you know, on arrival, more or less. Uh, do a quick few interviews uh, and then get on with the day. But I kind of just forgot slash couldn't be bothered to do it early on. So by the time I'd done it, I had had quite a few drinks. Yeah. And so they all took the nick out of me at work this morning because it's, it did sound like me and Lorraine were flirting quite outrageously. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she was, she, I mean, she loved me. She actually loved me. Can we get? I can't blame her. Can we get some clips of that? I'll get some clips for next week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a good game. Duncan Belly apparently played rugby for England at some point. And then there were some cricketers as well. Caddick, if you've heard of him. Oh, okay. Andrew Caddick. Yeah. Who's had limited chat, to be honest. Yeah, he's never come across as the most uh, sort of personable guy no. in, in interviews. Mark Elaine. Who? Mark Elaine. Mark Elam? No. You're thinking of Mark Elam, <laughs> No. I'm thinking of Mark Elaine, I think. You're thinking of Alan Mullally. No, I'm thinking of Mark Elaine, <laughs> who is the Gloucestershire captain. Oh, Gloucestershire. No, you're thinking of Jack Russell, Tone. Uh, no, I'm thinking of Mark Elaine. Right. Uh, who... Is he still playing? I don't know. You're thinking of Ronnie Arani, Tone. He did play some ODIs, Mark Elaine. What? Who for? For us. Really? I've never heard of him. You might know you will have heard of Mark, Mark Alone. What E L No oh, come on mate. A double L E Y N E. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Yeah, he's been knocking around for a long time. Played ten ODIs in the nineties. Youngest player ever to score a century. Pretty big deal. Hit me for two fours of my first two balls. Wow. Balls. Yeah. How many runs did you go for? A few. A few. How many is a few? I lost count. Our field is quite porous. If they, you know, if they'd taken their catches, I would have taken some wickets. Right. But I couldn't really hit the stumps. But uh, but yeah, I bowled. That's the second time I bowled. I'm now a bowler. Apparently, (laughs) not a very good one. But I can get it. You know, it is straight at least. But perfect. (laughs) I'm a a great bowler. If you want to hit some quick runs. The thing about it. The thing about it is, but you keep turning up to play for these charity matches. It's like, oh, Tony plays cricket, let's get him in. But you, you're now, you've been kind of, you've been transformed into a bowler just on the basis that your batting is On the basis that I can't bat, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be considered for these games. So you have to bowl. Well, it's funny in these games, because, yeah, you know, at the start, you know, Chris Tarrant was our captain, or they didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> but at the start, you know, it's just like, you're kind of, you're trying to find out what everyone does. It's like, you know what, and literally everyone's like, you know, I bat a bit, right. kind of bowl a bit. So we batted a bit all the way down to 11. Uh, but, yeah. Well, I did. I scored one. I thought you meant you were trying four. to find out what everyone does. Like, oh, for a living. Yeah, for a living. What do you like, do? Sorry, who are you? What are you famous for? Oh, Billy Mitchell. Uh, that was, it was a good fun day, though. All in a good cause. You know, thinking of the children. That lobster wasn't going to eat itself. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking of the children as you downed another pint. It was hard work. It was the remnants over yeah. your head. Very difficult charity work. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, it is good. You're a hero, you're really a And, you know, charity work has, you know, in the 18 hours or so that's elapsed since I did it, has made it onto my CV. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. 
Charity work. You're the Bob Geldof of our generation. I'm, I've raised a lot of money for good causes. Uh, well, Tane, as we're recording this, uh, Andy Murray is still in Wimbledon. He's not been knocked out yet. Won today, he beat Kevin Anderson. And that's pretty good news for British sports fans because it's been a terrible week for British sport. Uh, I think last time we recorded, we were both still pretty excited about the England football team. That didn't last very long at all. I think we recorded the day before the Uruguay game, where it all went horribly wrong. I think I left here last week and put three lions on in the car, just belting it out on the way home. Now you look like Fast a fool. forward to the following night, I was just whimpering it into my pillow. Uh, so that was that was a pretty uh, pretty disappointing turn of events. Uh, but then the cricket team only went and ballsed it up too. Uh, they lost it headingly uh, to surrender the series to Sri Lanka. Uh, and we're going to be talking about that in big depth on tonight's show, Tone. Big depth. Big, big depth. Uh, I did briefly want to talk about London correspondent Gordon McRae, who was in Guernsey this Not week. Not often you want to talk about him, so it's going to be refreshing. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he, he hasn't been in the show for a really long time, so listeners probably don't know who he is anymore, but uh, he is our London correspondent. Uh, he doesn't really like to leave London, Tone. Uh, I think he thinks he's doing us a favour when he comes back. Uh, it graces us with his presence. Well, it's yes. his ability not to want to leave London that makes him almost the perfect London correspondent, <laughs> in a way. So, you know. uh, but me and him went to the beach the other day. You were at work uh, the morning of. Uh, we went to uh, Petit Port, which, as you know, is Guernsey's most glorious beach. Uh, but it's closed at the moment. There's loads of, what, about 300, 400 steps to get down there. and there was, They've been damaged by the storm, so they've they closed the steps. But we went down anyway because we're absolute rebels. Maverick. We are so rebellious. Yeah, I mean, you followed... Rebel without a cause. You followed the other oxygenarians down down there, <laughs> over the fence. They gave you a boost up. It's not the world's biggest fence, <laughs> it has to be said. It's about knee high. We just sort of hopped over it. But yeah, we're, we're, we're real rebels. We don't really care about consequences. But having said that, on the walk down, we were just coming up with what we'd say if we got caught. I don't know who we thought we were gonna, was going to catch us, the police. Presumably. Or what they were going to do. <laughs> exactly. It's not exactly illegal. Uh, but we were thinking like, oh, we'll just say we came, off, came in off a boat. We'll say we swam around for another beach. We'll pretend we don't speak English. But me and him, a few years ago, we uh, went to have a look at a bunker uh, that's in some... We'd heard about it. It's in some farmer's <laughs> field. Uh, and we kind of parked up, jumped over the hedge, walking across the field. And I was like... Gordon, are you sure this is a good idea? You know, what if, what if we get caught? He's like, don't worry about it, mate. Who's going to catch us? And at that moment, the farmer stepped out from behind the tree and went, can I help you? And Gordon just instantly went, uh, yeah, we're looking for the road. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you just turn around and go directly back where you've come from. It's that road. <laughs> we were like, okay. Good. That's quick thinking. Trouble is, in our heads, we're still about 15 but actually, at this point, you know, I'm going to be effing 27 next week. So okay, you're on. Three days, actually. Like, if we if we did get caught, you know, it's not that, like, oh, boys will be boys thing anymore. It's, it's, it's more, idiots. It's more of a, yeah, two, like, the press headline would be, two men caught trespassing. What, so, hang on, it's your birthday in three days, but yet you had your party at the weekend. Yeah. A little birthday party. Saturday. What are you going to be doing for your actual birthday? And where's my invite? Well, the Bayfield birthday fortnight has begun. Uh, my actual birthday, I'm just having my closest friends come round, um, yeah. which is why you haven't got the invite. No, I'm busy anyway. <laughs> They've got a celebrity cricket match in Barbados or something. Yeah, Chris Tarrant's invited me round. For, uh, Billy Mitchell's invited me round to play Scrabble. <laughs> England 
This is the part of the show, Tone, where we talk about England now, tasked with cheering up the nation after another World Cup calamity. England's cricketers delivered a calamity of their own with a historic Test Series defeat against Sri Lanka. Uh, they lost at Headingley last week to lose the series 1-0. Uh, it was a pretty remarkable Test match. Uh, it seemed to be going all England's way. They bowled Sri Lanka out for 257 uh, on day one. Uh, three wickets for Stuart Broad and five wickets for Liam Plunkett. Uh, and then England were absolutely cruising when they were 191 for one, 278 for two. Uh, Sam Robson scored a century. Uh, but then they collapsed dramatically to be 365 all out. Uh, four wickets for Angelo Matthews, four wickets for... Oranga, uh, and then Sri Lanka in their second innings batted very impressively. 50s for Sangakara and Jaya Wardner, and an astonishing 160 from Angelo Matthews took his side from 277 for seven uh, to eventually be bowled out for 457, which turned the game on its head. England, at one point, it looked like they were going to be chasing a target of about 120, 150. They ended up having a target of 350. Uh, and when they were 57 for five at the end of day four, it looked like there was only going to be one winner. But then there was some great resistance on the final day. Moen Ali made an unbeaten 108, astonishing innings. Uh, he was supported towards the end by Chris Jordan, 21 from 62 balls. Stuart Broad, a 24-ball duck. And Jimmy Anderson batted for 55 balls for no runs. It got down to the final over of the game, two balls left, and Anderson was bounced out by Oranga and Sri Lanka won by exactly 100 runs. So a pretty historic win tone. Sri Lanka's first uh, win in England in a series of more than one game. Astonishing stuff. I mean, for what was undeniably a low-key series, you know, no one really paying much attention because of the World Cup going on. We talked about that. Uh, you know, there was a hell of a lot of excitement in this. I say it was a very low-key series. You couldn't really ask for two more exciting finishes to test matches. And it was absolutely breathless again at Leeds. Yeah, I mean, astonishing for back-to-back tests to go to those conclusions uh, and be so tight and essentially, yeah, could have gone either way both times. Uh, yeah, remarkable. I definitely, that was probably the only thing they could have done to drive people away from the World Cup, so fair play to cricket. Yeah, again, Cricket's I, think I, the I, I did actually change the channel from whatever game was on at that point. I can't remember. What, oh, it's Costa Rica-England, admittedly. Yeah. A terrible game and England already out, but I, I was watching that and, yeah, the cricket drew my attention right the way through the day I refused to believe that England were going to escape you know even going into the final sort of five six overs England were fighting incredibly hard but I was just like nope definitely definitely not going to happen because I'm very pessimistic because you know uh, the first time that I allowed myself to believe that it might happen uh, was when there were three balls to go so I had one ball of hope right one ball of optimism and then that was it. Bang. What was it? What What was it that uh, as ball? You know, as ball two of the uh, of the last over was bowled. What was it then that made you think we've done this? <laughs> I didn't think we'd done it. It was just up right up until then. We might thinking, do it. There's too many balls left. It's not going to happen. But with three balls to go, I thought, yeah, Anderson could survive another three balls. He survived one, uh, and then bang, there goes another little dream. Astonishing. Astonishing margins, really. The ball comes out of the hand slightly differently two times and, and England you know, could have won that series 1-0. Well, yeah, they were one wicket at Lords and two balls at Headingley away from winning the series. Uh, but, you know, such are the margins. Amazing, amazing. 
Uh, so, you know, what were our pre-series predictions? I think I predicted one all. Uh, yeah, and I predicted one nil England. So we were both wrong. So we're both incorrect. But we could make strong cases for <laughs> for both of those. Yeah, yeah, we weren't far off. I like that to you. That's the most important aspect of the podcast. It's just justifying your prediction. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Results. That's all people care about is results. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you get there. It is a results business podcasting, it is. isn't it? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you've, you've got to say that it was a great, a great fight from England in the final day. I mean, it was almost the most extraordinary escape in test history no side has ever gone into the final day five wickets down the full number of overs have been bowled on the final day and they've survived that's never happened that remains the case because they didn't do it but they did get within two balls of doing it so it was a tremendous effort but ultimately tone ultimately was it the right result do you think Sri Lanka did they deserve to win this game win the series yeah I mean deserve it's hard to, to pin down deserve but yeah, 1-0 is a fair result. Yeah, I think we you'd say that any of the three results in the series would have been fair. Uh, yeah, both matches were obviously really well contested, well matched, promising things from, from England. You know, Sri Lanka, again, some really promising performances, some perform, big performances from big players, which perhaps we didn't get from England. You know, it was the new guys who, who were more impressive. Whilst that's positive, it's also slightly worrying, and I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, the likes of Cook, yeah. Bell prior. Ooh, we'll be talking about Cook don't worry about that <laughs> but you know those three in particular are that you know established players and, and, and didn't quite do it so. well Anderson and Broad as well yeah. better at Laws but in this game Anderson did I think let Cook down quite badly on, on that fourth day that's that's one of the worst uh, performances that he's put in for England for a very long time I would say uh, which you know he's allowed because he's been so good for so long but uh, that didn't help. And as you say, when Sri Lanka's senior players, their big guns, Matthews, Sangakara, Jaya Warner, they did stand up and, and be counted when well, it mattered and, and England's senior players didn't. I mean, Sangakara, you may as well... Yeah, he may as well just start on 50, really. Yeah, Because uh, he's going to get there. Uh, and then, fairly remarkable, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Him? He never got anything less than a 50 in this series. I mean, he is And how many just... 50s has he scored in a row now? It's like eight or something. Yeah, and he is he's just a phenomenon, isn't he? I mean, he might be the most underrated player in the world, even though he's rated incredibly highly. He's still probably underrated. I mean, he, he's he's got to go down as one of the all-time greats, I think. Certainly one of the greats of the modern era, and, and maybe one of the all-time greats. He's not often mentioned in the same breath as Tendulkar, Lara, Callis, Ponting, but he's up there for me. And this is almost certainly going to be his last test in England, and and, and that is sad, I think. But from a, an English an English fan's point of view, it's probably good in one sense. Uh, the English bowlers will probably not miss bowling at him. Yeah, no, um, I, th- I think he. Yeah, I mean, he will. He'll have to be one of the the all time great twenty. His, his, his figures are ridiculous, astonishing. Yeah, averages fifty eight, thirty six hundreds. Fifty eight is an outrageous average. In the, you know, in the last three years, he's got. Only Michael Clark has scored more runs, and he's got the best, pretty much the best average apart from Chanderpool. Yeah, fifty-eight is fifty-eight point six three, which puts him seventh on the all-time list uh, of players who have played twenty Test matches or more. Three of the players above him have only played twenty, twenty-two, or twenty-three Tests, and all of the players above him, uh, the most recent retirement was nineteen seventy. You know, he's way ahead of of even Callis 55.37 and certainly Tendulkar Ponting Dravid 
you know, he's he's a remarkable player, and it is remarkable that he's not more celebrated, I suppose. And Sri Lanka in general, I think, just deserve a huge amount of credit. You know, England gave them a few gifts in this Test match, but they're not a bad team at all. I mean, yeah, in one sense, you'd say, okay, maybe there's not many teams in the world that England would rather have played at this point. Uh, George DeBell from Crick Info, who I've usually got a lot of time for, um, said, you know, England were unlucky to, or can count themselves unlucky to have come up against such a good side in, at the start of their rebuilding phase. But other than Bangladesh, I'm not sure who they would have rather played. But undeniably, they've got some world-class players in their ranks. And as we said, those world-class players um, put in world-class performances. Angelo Matthews, absolutely superb um, on the fourth day. You know, Just a magnificent innings. He was toying with England at times, wasn't he? It just looks so comfortable. So yeah, great performance from Sri Lanka. Um, but England's... I mean, good things. Certainly uh, Mo and Ali, absolutely fantastic. You know, if 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 Jimmy Anderson had managed to survive those final two deliveries and England had drawn the game, you know, I think that that Ali knock could have gone down as one of the, the all-time great innings by an English batsman because, all right, not the best bowling attack. You'd say not the most challenging conditions that, that players have ever had to deal with. But defeat was just so certain on the fourth evening that Ali's performance was unbelievable, particularly given that it was only his second Test match. Um, so England lost the game, so it won't be remembered in the way that you know Atherton's innings is remembered. But in and of itself, it was pretty astonishing. Yeah, and it was it, it was it was pretty perfect, wasn't it? He played some nice shots in it as well. He did. He scored. You know, he got to a hundred. He could have. You know, we look at Jimmy Anderson. Yeah. Nort off 55 you know Ali could have completely shut up shop uh, but he just kept it ticking over and yeah it was, a, it was a nice innings well you mentioned Jimmy Anderson and we you know, as I just said poor test match for him with the ball but you've got to give him a lot of credit for the way he did bat on that final evening he survived for more than 20 overs with Ali and, and he was in tears at the presentation because he felt like he'd let his team down but you've got to say that the other players let him down the batsman let him down the number 11 batsman shouldn't have to survive for 20 overs was well, one of the longest ducks in test history um and i gotta say it's, it's one of my favorite things about cricket as well is, is a tail ender having to resist having to try and survive in those circumstances it's one reason i think we talked about this but it's one reason why i just think cricket is definitively a better sport than baseball where all the different types of player just do their one thing they're either batters or they're pitchers or they're basemen or whatever you know it's just a brilliant thing about cricket that Jimmy Anderson has to stand up to the bowlers in the same way that everyone else does because uh, it does it does make for a gripping narrative yeah so yeah it was a it was a pretty heroic performance on the final day from from England or from the England batsmen that were left but we shouldn't let that mask what happened on the third and fourth days you know England to go from where they were, they just they collapsed from what was a seemingly impregnable position when they were so far ahead with so many wickets still in the shed. To go from that to a, a crushing defeat, I mean, yes, there was, only, there was only one ball that wasn't bowled, but they lost by 100 runs. You know, that fourth day was about as abject as it's ever been for England. That includes the winter. Um, it, was, it was depressing. It was laughable at times. <laughs> I was on the beach, if you can believe that tone on the on Monday, on that fourth day, I was listening to the cricket on the radio. And, you know, what should have been a lovely day uh, on the beach with, with the sun shining, I was just getting more and more depressed as England just kept giving Matthews the strike <laughs> and not trying to get him out. 
and and it's just it just went from bad to worse. You know, you've got to say that plan of of uh, of allowing Matthews to just rotate and saving it up for just the last couple of balls of the over. You've got to say that that plan didn't work. Yeah, I mean, Cook's not come out this series in a particularly great light in any discipline. But again, yeah, captaincy let him down. As you say, England threw away a commanding position. Should have won the series really from there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting in terms of how... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's now set up for, for the Indy series. It's not a long time to, to get ready for that. Uh, it was nine days as we're recording this. Nine days. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> amazing. Incredible. The way the calendar works. <laughs> absolutely incredible. The relentless march of time <laughs> is pretty amazing. Um, well, yeah, I mean, should we talk about Cook? Do you want to talk about Cook? I want to talk about Cook. Oh, yeah, we don't have to talk that long about Cook, I think. <laughs> but we can talk about him. Well, a lot has been said about Cook. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure listeners are desperate for our opinions. Um, because, yeah, this was, a, this was a, a dreadful game for Alistair Cook. You know, he would have been so excited about the prospect of finally getting a test match win uh, after the, the second day of the game and to see it just slip through his fingers and I think that's quite a good expression actually because he did let it slip the, the, the plan of the, the bowling plan they had on that fourth day meant that it, it it did feel like it was just gradually draining away from, from England and from Cook and yeah completed a, a miserable uh, last few months completes a miserable 12 months for this team really as, as much as they won the Ashes last summer the way that it's fallen apart from England being uh, you know the second best team in the world to to hopeless is alarming and the heat on Alistair Cook just continues yeah. to rise doesn't it and it, I mean he said you know everyone's been criticising Cook Cook came out and, and said he thinks people like Warren should, should lay off his back Warren followed that up by Shut your trap is the, is the implication, yeah. wasn't it? And then Warren followed that up by saying, uh, on Monday at Headingley, I witnessed the worst day of captaincy I've ever seen at international level in almost 25 years of the game. Which is, yeah. 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 I think, yeah. And Shane Warne doesn't like hyperbole, does no. he? So, so, so you yeah. know that that's, that's true. Which is tough. I mean, if you're out of the kit, that's got to be quite tough to hear. Yeah, and, and to an extent, I can understand why. You know, he came up before the game and... And took a swing, didn't he, at people like Warren and, and, and others who are criticising him and say that something should be done about it, that, that he feels their personal attacks. And I can see why he might feel like that, because you know he is backed into a corner at the moment. 
but he did not come out of that well. You know, you can't, you just can't do that. Like you can't shut, yeah, you can't shut people up. The commentators, as much as a lot of them are idiots, you know, commentators, including Warren, are paid for their opinion. Like they're they're, they're li- literally their job is to give their opinion. And as much as I may not agree with them, you know, I, I don't think uh, Ian Botham is right about many things, but he's not only got the right to give his opinion, it's his job to give his opinion. And it's not a personal attack on Cook. They're, they're calling it as they see it, and he might feel that they're seeing it wrongly, but that's not really the point. He came out of it not looking great, I think, that, having made that statement. And you, no one can really dispute the fact that, you know, the, the Cook's form and, cap, you know, the two things that Cook needs to do is score runs and, and captain the team while well, he's doing neither at the moment. Uh, what did he make? 78 runs in four innings uh, in this series. Worse, if anything, than he's played before. It's desperate, isn't it? It's pretty really desperate. desperate. So, he's, yeah, he, he was the worst English batsman in this series. And you've got, you know, on top of that, you know, yeah, you've got someone like Shane Warne saying that's the worst captaincy I've ever seen. That can't be easy. I mean, we, we talked about Cook before. I, you know, I think it is probably time for him. I, I, I don't know when the right time is, but certainly there is. There's a need, I think, for him to to step down as captain uh, and just concentrate on his batting. Well, there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, on the, particularly on the fourth evening, but even after the game, there was talk that he might be about to resign. And it didn't happen. He has pledged to continue. You know, he said, "I've never, never quit on anything in my life." Um, and in a way, that's admirable. And in another way, you know, I feel like it would be slightly bizarre if he were to resign at this point. You know, I feel like if he was going to go, he should have gone in Australia. So we're on the flight path here. Yeah. I'm sure people can hear all these planes coming over. Um, we didn't mention that we're actually recording this at Heathrow. It's <laughs> just. <laughs> On the runway, like uh, like in Wayne's World, we're sitting, on, our, video. sitting, we're sitting <laughs> on the bonnets of our car. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, if he was going to go, he should have gone in Australia. And that was the moment. When he said he was going to continue, at that point, England said, OK, brilliant. And they committed to him. They made a huge investment in him at this point. You know, they got rid of Peterson, I think, pretty much because Cook doesn't want to work with him anymore. I'm sure that one of the big reasons for bringing back Peter Moores was that he and Cook get on extremely well. So to kind of reboot this England team in Cook's image, if he were then to resign two games later, no matter how bad those two games have been, doesn't seem to make much sense. So I'm not surprised that he said he'll continue. And I'm not surprised that the ECB is still backing him because they've sort of, they've come in too deep now. But that being said, you know, I do feel like we've reached the end of the road. It doesn't look like things are about to improve anytime soon. Like you say, neither thing that he's supposed to be doing is going well. As a captain, you can get away with being, you know, with a terrible run of form in one or the other, but not really in both. And it is, for me, his batting is the more important thing. His batting is much more important to England than the captaincy. And his batting is just appalling at the moment. And no matter that he's got 25 test centuries to his name, if he wasn't the captain, his place would be in serious jeopardy at the moment. He's made no runs in the last 12 months. As you say, barely scored a run in this series. He, he looks a mess. His footwork is all over the place. His head position isn't great. If Ben Stokes comes back in for the India series, who makes way? And if Cook wasn't the captain, you'd say it would have to be Cook. Yeah, and in the situation, as you say, I agree. Is what I agree that this runs the most important thing. But as it stands, how does he how does he learn to be or learn or how does he work on his captaincy and his batting at the same time? I just I, I think it's impossible. Yeah, if one's work, yeah, if he's a naturally great captain and is captaining a new, I wouldn't say bad team, but you know, a new young 
this team well and not score any runs, that'll be fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, how does he? He's not. He's not. So how does he improve either one at the same time? Well, and they 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 each exacerbate the other, don't they? As well. So the fact that he's not scoring any runs sort of scrambles his mind a bit when he's in the field because he's worrying about the fact that he's not scoring runs and when he goes out to bat uh, the fact that it's going really badly for him as a captain scrambles his mind when he's batting so it is a really kind of vicious feedback loop uh, and I feel really bad for the guy because he does seem really nice he seems like a lovely bloke he's given England fans an enormous amount of pleasure over the years an enormous amount of pride and satisfaction but I just don't think he can be captain anymore. I, 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 I'd be tempted to give him at least the start of the India series purely on the basis that there still aren't any other candidates. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, it would be a terrible time to, like, as you said, this isn't the right time to change, and the fact there aren't any candidates. But it's, it's kind of lose, lose, lose. Well, exactly. It's, there, there's no other candidates, but Cook isn't a candidate no. either. So you almost feel well, it's just impossible for him to continue. And so I think as much as, a, as it would pain me to do so, if I were in charge, I would give him the push, I think. It's no shame to have to give up the captaincy. You know, better players than him have failed as captains. Tendulkar being a very obvious example, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, think, I don't think you should see it as a kind of, you know, if you, can't, if you get given the captain and you fail, that's, that's the end. Because, you know, you're just doing, it's a job. It's almost a job that just needs doing. I don't think it's like, it's not the pinnacle, really, for me. Yeah, it's a position of great responsibility and, and kind of honour, but but really, yeah, it's no it's no shame. No, exactly. Not yeah, to yeah. be a great, you know, not to, you know, it just hasn't worked. Yeah, you know, he in a in a different, you know, in a parallel universe, uh, you know, he might have been a great captain. Well, there, well, there is a parallel <laughs> exactly universe where he is a great captain. But you know, for whatever reason, it just hasn't just hasn't happened. Yeah, and as you say, you like, can't have it all. You know, you can't score. You can't be England's leading. Uh, you know, leading century maker in history and be a great captain. Yeah. Not in this universe. Not in this universe. I mean, there's a universe where I am a great <laughs> captain in England and it, it pains me that I'm not in that universe. I'm pretty pleased I'm not in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could put up with that. Do you think we'd still be doing the podcast? I don't know. <laughs> you just come on and like, you'd be like, yeah, and you know, England played Sri Lanka. I scored a double hundred <laughs> opening up. God, I wish I lived in that universe. Well, yeah, as, as you say, I mean, if, if Cook were to give up the captaincy now, keep his place in the team and go back to scoring buckets of runs and he you know, plays another five, six years, scores another 15 test centuries, he's not going to be remembered as a failure as a test cricketer just because he wasn't a very good captain. And this will not define him because he's still got so much career to go if he can get his form back. But it just can't go on like this. England cannot go on like this. It does beg the question who would take over like I say, there's no obvious candidate. I saw that people were talking about Joe Root as being a possible candidate. You know, I think I'd probably give up at that point if Root was made captain. Genuinely, I mean, there are genuinely no candidates, really. Well, the scary thing is that Root has He's to be probably, is probably one of the leading candidates. But I can't, I can't bear that idea. If, you know, it's Root set, me, Root set, <laughs> captain of England, brilliant. Yeah, I'm not sure... Yeah, I, yeah. All right, give Joe Root the captain, the captaincy of the the under fifteen side. But I'm not sure that I want him as the test captain. Uh, yeah, it, it would probably have to be in Bell, but he's not a captain either. So yeah, it would give England a big problem if Cook were to resign. But they've got an even bigger one now. So I, you know, I think it, it has to happen. But it, it's there's no when will it happen? There's not going to be any any quick 
fix to this. Probably the most controversial thing they could do would be to recall Peterson and make him captain. <laughs> I think that would be just so brilliant. <laughs> to be just like... That would pretty much be Cook's worst day. Yeah. <laughs> Cook. That would be the Give worst Kevin day the, the captain's arm, man. But, you know, Peterson now is England's top-rated test batsman in the rankings. Is he still... Well, he's just he's, oh, he's someone just dropped down, so he, he's back. England's best test batsman in wow. the in the rankings. Yeah, did you see he tweeted that? Peterson retweeted Crick Info saying like, "Oh, you know, Kevin Peterson is now England's top ranked batsman," uh, and then just put hashtag awkward, <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant. That's really funny. Yeah, but Kevin, not very constructive. <laughs> you know, funny, but what would you want him to mischievous? be? Mischievous. What do you want him yeah, to be? Yeah, well, exactly. What do you mean exactly? You it's always weird. do that. <laughs> I make a point that's not the point you were making, and you go, "Well, exactly." It's just something just gets you up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tony, you're supposed to be picking me up at half eight. It's now nine o'clock. Where are you? Well, exactly. <laughs> the side notes now, on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. Just the one for you this week, Tony, and it comes from. Uh, the Telegraph, the Daily Telegraph. Cricket teams abandon match to catch a thief. Two cricket teams celebrated a new form of catch after abandoning their match to chase down a thief who had been spotted stealing from the pavilion. The suspects sneaked into the changing rooms to steal 12 iPhones from the jacket pockets of players whilst a 50-over league match was underway. But he was seen fleeing with his haul from Church Cricket Club in Accrington, Lancashire by the wicketkeeper of the home team. He alerted an off-duty policeman who was waiting to bat for a wayside Haslingdon. The match was then brought to an unexpected halt as the PC rounded up his teammates who, with the home team, gave chase across nearby fields using GPS tracker technology when the suspect fled into woodland. Police dog handlers were called in and helped by the cricketers arrested a man and recovered all the phones. Lancashire police said the suspect, 29, from Doncaster, South Yorkshire, was being held on suspicion of theft. The incident occurred on Sunday as Church took on Haslingdon in the Lancashire League. Sam Tucker, wicketkeeper for Church, said, We were playing cricket and we see this guy was sitting in the players area of Pavilion. I assumed he was a club official of the away team, but he kept nipping in and out of changing room. I kept my eye on him and he made an exit. We chased him through the fields. There was tracking on one of the phones, so we were moving around following GPS. Police had arrived and police dogs and eventually we gripped him. He didn't have any phones on him at that time, so we had to pinpoint where he had put them in the field with a tracker. Technology is amazing. We couldn't have done it without GPS tracking. I've never experienced anything like it on a cricket field before. Uh, Sam Tucker, I think he, his hometown is precisely halfway between uh, Yorkshire and Lancashire, it would seem. From yeah, I, th- I thought you nailed his accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that he said, I've never experienced anything like it on a cricket field before. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there was someone else, someone standing at slip. It was like, yeah, this is about third or fourth. Yeah, this is this a nightmare. Is <laughs> it's getting annoying now. Uh, yeah, I've never experienced that. I've been chased off a cricket field. When and why? By a swarm of bees. <laughs> I think you were there, weren't you? I don't remember it. I think I'd remember it. Playing a, yeah, playing a second level match at school. How old? I suppose I must have been all of about 15. Okay. Uh, yeah, just a massive swarm of bees kind of hurtled through the, the square uh, and everyone just legged it and they were kind of just going right? I mean quite unpredictable the path of a swarm I, of bees I was not there I so just legged it into the changing room wow yeah it's like sounds like something from a cartoon good job the bees didn't come into the changing room didn't follow me in there 
<laughs> that could have been quite a gruesome end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That could have been it for taking care. That would have been a horrible way. A horrible way to go. Yeah. Horrible. When I was a kid, uh, I was about eight or nine, I came home from school one day, uh, walked into the, the living room. I was like, what is that noise? And turned and looked at the window, and there was a swarm of bees inside the house, just covering the window. The window was just black wow. with bees. And I was, I sort of slowly backed away and was like, Mum, there's a swarm of bees in the living room. <laughs> And bees. I, and I don't think she believed me. She said, bees? <laughs> I said, bees. And, uh, yeah, and she called the, the pest people and they came and dealt with it. But my bedroom was directly in the room above. And they, they were sort of in the walls. Like, there was no way for them to get out into my bedroom. But the bees were in the walls. So I was just lying there, like, trying to go to sleep. Just hearing this, like, mzzz, Horrible. Mzzz, horrifying. Head, like, all, all night. Horrible. But they, they, they were all exterminated, but then for years afterwards, like literally for sort of five, six years, every time we changed a light bulb anywhere in the house, just a whole lot of bee carcasses fell out, just fell on my head. Of the light bulb? Yeah, they were, they were all in the sockets, they were everywhere. Christ. They're just in, like, in the circuitry of the house. Bees. Beads. They get everywhere, don't they? <laughs> they get everywhere. Yeah. But I've never, I've never apprehended a robber on the cricket field, so there we go. News to me. Yeah, no, it's happened to me sort of six or seven times. But uh... Much like the England football team at the World Cup, this episode of the World Cricket Show has come and gone in the blink of an eye. It's all over, Tone. It's all over for England. Football's going away. It's going <laughs> away. It's going away. It's I mean, going. all that, that kind of misplaced optimism that we had <laughs> earlier, where we thought, you know, we thought we'd actually get reached the end. Eee, we look like a right couple of idiots now, don't we? <laughs> Certainly do. Uh, yeah. Next, yeah, four years time. We'll try again. I know that's the spirit tone. Keep the yeah. spirits up. Four years time. We'll try again. This is how I was singing three lines to myself into my pillow. It sounded like someone trying to keep his spirits up in a collapsed mine. It wouldn't be, you know, three lines on a shirt. <laughs> it wouldn't be so as depressing if like Greece, yeah, Greece's record in tournaments, yeah, in the last ten years just annihilates ours. I know. This is. Uh, because I was thinking, I was trying to cheer myself up by, by saying to myself, you know, it is disappointing, but at the end of the day, since I've been watching tournament football, you know, there's really only a handful of teams that have actually won. As much as England are disappointed, every other team in the world is disappointed, apart from Brazil, France, Spain. And then I got to Greece, and I was like, uh, yeah, we, we probably should have won. Yeah. We should have won in 2004. But, you know, immediately people were like, oh, England's so bad horror show the, the headline on the Telegraph was England's shame and you know everyone's laying into them but people weren't saying that when they lost to Italy they were like oh great we had a go yeah. we had a go we had a go lads well it's like the, the, I mean you did the margin of error in the, the cricket you know it wasn't, we weren't that far away absolutely the p- teams There's lose no shame. matches there's no disgrace in losing it's how you lose and England didn't lose badly in both games that they lost yeah, all right, they lost, and you could say they deserved to lose, but if they had won, you wouldn't have been like, oh, you know, you would have won that one. There. Yeah. yeah, it was just one of those games, could have gone either way. It's just frustrating that on both occasions, it didn't go England's way. Mm. And this is what I've been telling myself. Well, you've, made, you've, you've reasoned it out well. <laughs> Thanks. I've, yeah. I've done some good post hoc rationalisation there. <laughs> Who's your money on for the World Cup at this point, Tony? Well, we just watched France go through. I said Spain at the, the start of the tournament. Mm. I think I also said Germany. I did say it wouldn't be a South American, that, a South American team. That's looking foolish, but Germany. <laughs> yeah, I, I think France will beat Germany in the quarterfinals. Uh, 
I'm going for a France-Argentina final. Argentina to win. France have got too many Newcastle players to win it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. But anyway, it would be exciting to see. Still Very. the best part of two weeks to go. So It just never stops. And as soon as that ends, we'll be into the India series. So, we've got five tests. This is mental. I'm actually going to be in Paris for the final. So, if France do get there, that'll be... Well, that'll be rocking. insane, yeah. It'll be rocking. You mentioned it already, but it was my birthday party on Saturday night. So yeah. Happy it's birthday. It's my birthday on Thursday. It's my special day. <laughs> a lot of big guns there. Did you have a good night? Good fun. I had a great time. Yeah? A ball. Well, you say a ball. So many ball games. So many ball games. Too many. Probably. I think for my sixth for my sixth birthday, I had a ball games party. <laughs> it's a ball games party, and I had that again for my tw- my twenty seventh. Why not birthday? I mean, not that wasn't on the invitations or anything, but that is what it turned into. Just keepy uppy, uh, bat and ball, catch, catch, yeah, table tennis, table tennis. Just it just a ridiculous number of ball games. Mm. Yeah, it was very good. Everyone had a good time. That's your review. Well, I'm just knackered from the weekend. That's your trip I've, I've never, review. I've, I haven't done a kind of tiredness review for a while. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever been as tired as I am right you now. You were asleep when I arrived at your house. I'm uh, absolutely exhausted. <laughs> I shook you awake uh, and I had the microphone already set up by your bed. I should have mentioned that Tony's actually in bed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like he just pulled up a table and chair. He's still wearing his nightcap. <laughs> uh, no, it's been a rather long one. <laughs> But I'll be well, back fresh for next. Well, I won't be too fresh next week. All that cricket with those uh, EastEnders stars probably took it out of you. Sunshine. Yeah. I'm going to the Sark Folk Festival next weekend, which is a folk festival in Sark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that should be good. Yeah. Uh, so this time next week, I will be knackered. Oh, good. So. Well, I'm hoping we'll be back in the studio next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back in the studio. Yeah, I think on what Monday... There's no football next Monday, is there? We'll pick up where we left off before the World Cup. Pretend this, this will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, apologies that the audio quality hasn't been spectacular again. Uh, but, yeah, we will be back in the studio next time. Between now and next week, uh, if you want to get more involved in the World Cricket Show, then do it. All right? Stop thinking about it and do it. Uh, write a review for us on iTunes. That's a really helpful thing that you can do. Because, uh, you know, when, when people are... When people are thinking to themselves, oh, I fancy listening to a new cricket podcast, you know, ours comes up, there's good reviews, that pulls them in, that lures them in. Like bees to honey. Exactly. Bees. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, do that. If you've got a spare couple of minutes, we appreciate those. Send us an email if you want to just have a chat, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. I just searched for World Cricket Show on iTunes Store, but I put in World Cricket Sal. Should be quite, I think maybe this could be a new feature. What, what a twit. Tony Kerr. That'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? We'll get a big old sow and get it to predict <laughs> the results of cricket matches. Like pull the octopus. Yeah. The world cricket sow. <laughs> I'm not sure that your employers are going to be that happy if we keep a sound <laughs> in the studio. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricket show. And you can follow us on Twitter. The show account is at cricket show. Uh, Tony is at Tony Cover, T O N Y C V R R. And I'm at Adam Bayfield12. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Yes, it's Adam Bayfield. Do you have any have you got many followers? Yeah, loads, mate. Absolutely loads. I mean don't look it up. Don't don't look for the number. Just take my word for it that there are loads. So look. Twitter or Instagram you're looking for. You're in, I just want to see what you take just to give the listeners a flavour of what you've been taking photographs of recently. Yeah. 
I'm gonna guess beach. Okay. That's yeah, let's go for the last few. Beach. Yeah. Beach. Yeah. Beach. Different beach that one. Uh, beach. Overseas. Beach. Beach. <laughs> Water. <laughs> sea. Beach. Beach. Yeah. You can't see any sand, but beach. <laughs> beach. Yeah, they're all. Every single photo you've taken on Instagram has been a beach. I haven't posted a photo yet that isn't a beach. But to be fair, I don't do anything other than go to the beach when I'm not at work. Some quite nice photos, though. Some of them are quite pretty. They're not on my level, but they're right. Well, listeners can compare. I'm yes, it's Adam Bayfield. Tony is high rise underground. Uh, Right, I'm going to wrap this up, Tony. Stay in school, everybody. I say that school's nearly out, isn't it? Nearly summer holidays. End of term, you know, but by this point, everyone's just watching videos, aren't they? And the World Cup. Right, we should go. It's 20 to 9. All right. You have to drop me off in my car. See you next time, everybody. It's waffling. Bye for now. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.